0: Well, I love that we got the opportunity to interview a couple Yeah. who isn't They're in life together and business together. They're in, um, working their passions together and raising a family together. And, you know, there's so many layers to, um, working a restaurant and being able to say that you have someone beside you all the time, you know, that's there in it with you. And as close to you as that is, it's such a gift, Yeah. You know? and um and we talked a little bit here too about the restaurant industry itself and and how it's often you know when you're in it you refer to your coworkers as a family Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and they they grow they grow their family thoughtfully you know and throughout this conversation i think both you and i realized that um it's enough to keep a family close in teton valley idaho just because our restaurants which there are two of them that they're working on together are successful doesn't mean we have to blow it up and like open up something in big sky like forget Mm -hmm. it let's keep it close and close to our hearts and not let it get too far away because we love it so much Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah it's the uh jeff goldblum's line from jurassic park you know people get so obsessed with wondering if they could they never asked if they should And so sometimes restaurants, they're like, oh, well, these two are working. Let's do two more and two more and two more. And then they wonder why it crumbles. It's like, well, you had family, you had connection to the people, to the area. That's what was working. And that's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. And I love that whole thing about knowing what you're connected to and appreciating Mm -hmm. it and keeping it close, keeping your connections close and nurturing what you already have. You know, they um, both are lifelong learners, you can tell. They both are digging into um, culinary stuff that, you know, they're never gonna find, they're never gonna run out of things to test or to try or to talk about or to do,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, because they, they feed so well off what they've chosen, which is the culinary arts and um, together as a couple. Again, um, I just wanna say that I admire their, their teamwork. I admire um, Lisa and Christian Hanley as a team. And um, for a person that lives here in their neighborhood and eats at their restaurants, I got to tell you, it's, <laughs> it's worth the trip, Matt. I want mm. you to get into the car right now.
2: Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs>
0: We're having dinner at Citizen 33 tonight.
2: Yeah. The brewery <laughs> sounds fantastic. I just, I love that there's a brewery there. And I love yeah. that they have the pedigree of someone who came from a, a, a really, really important craft brewery, like Abita that, was really important in the craft brewing sort of like world. And so it's cool to bring that to a community that you have there. It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah, again, they um, not only do they nurture their own passions and their drive to, you know, keep their, um, you know, culinary art life basically held together by the people that help them. They ask people to help them who know what they are doing. They ask experts to come in and address what is needed to accommodate you know their own success but also to accommodate the experience of the customer yeah and you know a culinary um experience at forage is um i just have, i don't think i've ever had a bad one <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's having eaten there you know prior to their they having bought it but um i you know part of coming back to here was like seeing that restaurant get a little bit of a facelift with new ownership and and they kind of carried the torch and you know, made it made it their own. Put a stamp on it that was a real to who they are um, as a team. And it's incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, let's plan a visit. What's going okay. on?
2: here? Sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say too real quickly. That it's impressive. It would be impressive for a team uh, that wasn't married that was just two people to have two successful restaurants. You know, let alone uh, a, a a team that is truly by definition a family to have two successful restaurants and to complement each other front of house back of house is very unique and cool and deserves a lot of praise because especially in our sort of post uh, 2020 world to have two functional thriving restaurants is is a real huge win
0: I right think. and and our you know our our mountain valley community we're not a big, big city um I, to tell you the honest truth, Matt, I have no idea what the population here is. I would hmm. say 7,000.
1: Okay.
0: So, you know, um, their uh, enterprises make an impact on the community. You know, mm-hmm. we all know every restaurant in the Valley, yeah. all of us. like, And there aren't any chains here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't compete with fast food. Everything is kind of um, like owned privately for the most part. Yeah. And, um, yeah, everybody that's out there doing it, especially post-2020 and still doing it, bravo to all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lisa and Christian just happen to be a couple of um, really savvy-minded and passionate um, people who who are making it work, you know, despite those challenges. So, yeah, it's always a pleasure to, to talk to them. They're so um, very forthcoming with um, what they love about it and why Mm -hmm. they keep doing it and um yeah now i kind of want to see what their kids grow up to be because when you have parents that just let you play in the kitchen i mean come on that's that's just such a blessing as far as i'm concerned (laughs) in my experience
2: yeah yeah it's seeping into them and it's like either they'll go hard into it or be like oh i saw what they had to go through to make two restaurants successful no thank you there will be it's either or really i think yeah
0: Right. Or like Christian said, he said, maybe his daughter will just go into the corporate part of it. And
2: right. Yeah. Just run the show.
0: Walking through and being like, this isn't on brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never Restaurants
2: know. need that too. So true. This
0: yeah. is true. Yeah. Okay. In this episode, um, it's a really uh, pleasant conversation. And I mean, go enjoy, a, either make yourself or go enjoy a fine meal somewhere because you're, this is going to make you want to do it. Right?
2: Definitely made me want to do it. I'm hungry.
0: Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, audience, this is our first culinary artist team. I didn't get just one person when I asked for this, I got two. <laughs> and and uh, this is a husband wife team Christian and Lisa Hanley. Um, neighbors and friends from Teton Valley, Idaho, where I'm based. And um, these guys are good at their jobs, I'd say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) One of my favorite places to eat is called Forage. And Lisa and Christian are the owners of Forage. And what year did you take over ownership of that?
1: 2015.
0: Okay, 2015. And then by the time I met them in 2018, I was interviewing them for a newspaper story because they had just won Best Restaurant in Idaho through a Yelp kind of poll, which has merit, because those are customers. <laughs> and we always like to hear people win on social media, all of our reviews, not lose. <laughs> so no negative stalking, obviously. But um, that interview was also about um, opening a brewery here in town, which you've done, a gastropub, really. Uh, and that's called Citizen 33. Yeah, and so our mission here on the podcast is to kind of explore if you're making a living as a an artist and you kind of create a professional, your sense of play has to be alive because you have to stay curious and have fun, right? Mm-hmm. But you're also balancing a lot as business owners and just trying to make it in the world, you know, make a living and restauranting. <laughs> restauranting I'm just laughing because it's damn hard and it is uh man you think only the strongest can strongest can survive and then there's a pandemic right you know but you guys have done great and still really thriving as far as I can tell so I'd love to dig in with both of you on kind of how you manifest you still kind of nurture the kid inside because you're doing what you love but, you know, what are the tough parts and maybe, well, maybe what part of your creative self gets you through that too, right? And maybe how you can't stop being creative. And I want to say separately too that I, I have interviewed these two, but I did interview Lisa Sully about pie and it's one of the favorite things <laughs> I've ever written. <laughs> and- And the ironic part of the story that I'll always remember, and we're just going to jump into food right here, is that Lisa learned so much from Christian's mother about pie, and Christian lives a keto life. So the only pie crust she makes is a hash brown pie (laughs) pie crust, (laughs) which is also amazing. So, um, so yeah, let's talk about Christian being, you know, kind of like you're maintaining a special diet for yourself, you know, based on kind of these values and principles of how you treat your body, yeah. respect. Um, but you're also, you know, operating multiple levels of kind of food genre, like for just fine dining. Yeah. Um, I said, gastropub citizen 33, that's what it is. And then, yeah. you know, you're embracing all different kind of tastes. What's that like for you to kind of maintain your own personal level of, of discipline with food, but yet you have
1: to? It's a great question. And it um, takes a lot of discipline on a daily basis. But uh, I should start at the place that you mentioned in the beginning, which was restaurants and marriages are so similar. And um, at the strength that we have as a married couple transfers into our business life as well. I think the failure rates of marriages and restaurants are about the same. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, the, the odds are stacked against us. But um, yeah, we make decisions together, and we learn to play together, and that's how we transfer our ideas into reality. But um, on the um, diet front, The place of optimizing nutrition for me came um, slowly over time as I aged and needed to wear a smile throughout the entire day instead of just in my private moments, you know what I mean? And I found that I was able to balance my emotions and um, my interactions with others best if I was disciplined in my approach to how I treated myself. Hey. So that's where that came from.
0: Yeah, you get out of it what you put into it, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I interact with a lot of people, both um, employees and customers, throughout the day. And it really just isn't fair if I bring an imbalanced emotion to the first meeting with these people. You know what I
0: mean? Right. Yeah. So do you feel like your your game face was too gamey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's going on?
1: No, no, it was almost too authentic. It was like I just I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Yeah. And so if their emotions are peaking, you get the most enjoyable person but if they're crashing right. you get the person the Hulk you know this what is I mean? who I am yeah, yeah. And, and I really want to be engaging and loving all the time yeah. and to do that I had to really temper you know my hormone fluctuations based on sugar intake okay. and alcohol yeah. intake and you know the like so right. that's the journey yep yeah
0: and what is it like uh you're not keto
3: no (laughs) i'm not
0: (laughs) and i am coming from a place of someone who embraced paleo um i'm a type one diabetic and um i spend a lot of time trying to manage what i take into my body um at the same time i love food Mm -hmm. and you know you still want to have fun with it and you still want to buy a piece of cake (laughs) especially at forage the address is. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, what is it like to to balance that in a household with two culinary minds and children? Yeah, And here, and Christian is doing it on his
3: own, but I mean, he's pretty
0: self-sufficient in the
3: kitchen, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. We, the household, it has morphed into, we make a lot of um bowls. Oh, and so everyone can add what they want. And... I know, like, our parents are like, don't make a different meal for each individual in the house. That's ridiculous. But it's ridiculous not to give everyone what they... What they would prefer. Prefer. Yeah. So we do a lot of bowls. You know? Yeah. Mexican, Mediterranean. Life is a la carte, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. So it works. I mean, and we try to feed the kids healthy. Yeah. And- because and, they're happier. Right. Yeah.
0: I, I do believe that, too. I'm very much um, a fan of functional medicine and and do believe that, you know, your your personal choices for what you take into your body, like, really, really matter and as far as, like, um, well, I mean, none of us need more co- cortisol. You know? Right. <laughs> and it does help. And movement, you know, mm-hmm. strikes a balance. And that's another thing about um, Christian's personal choices is he also likes to play in the gym, right? And the mountains. And the mountains. The two of you. All of you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm just like, as I'm talking, Instagram is rolling through <laughs> oh, my yeah. head. And I'm just like, <laughs> and they had the best season at Grand Targhee ever this yeah. <laughs> year. All of you guys. Yeah. yeah. All of you ski and, and yeah. play together. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a tightly kind of knit family, you
3: embrace all those things together. That's wonderful. We try, to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, he it's goes on varying his, degrees. Yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. he goes on a backcountry Jeans
0: sure, but I need um, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, but for the most part, you guys are just kind of embracing it all. Mm-hmm. And so, then, as, as two people that kind of um, both have education in the culinary field and um. <laughs> What My favorite thing to say is like, too, when you don't have everything at your fingertips because you've never been trained enough, you just go through OJT for the rest of your life, which is on-the-job training, and it counts for parenting and running a restaurant and doing all all those things. things. And so what were the differences in your culinary um, focuses when you were in study?
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, another aspect of our relationship that carries really well into our business life is that we... We're firmly divided in front of the house and back of the house. And so we have built-in GM and chef no matter what we do. So, I mean, just from that perspective alone, we're, like, gaming the system, you know, in terms of restaurant ownership. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. And in school, you – School, I went to culinary school, but always was focused on the front of the house. Gotcha. Culinary school, I ended up learning – back of the house um just the way the program was Mm -hmm. but my goal was more always front of the house and then I learned um they had a wine program and so I really gravitated towards the wine fantastic and then I did take a baking program and then um which when we took over forage it just kind of evolved that I started baking right so that's kind of my um baby at forage that's fun yeah yeah.
0: And and your culinary training.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm classically trained on from New England Culinary Institute um in Burlington, Vermont. And um focus was heavily on uh restaurant management and uh, kitchen, you know, chefing. Mm-hmm. So um the culinary education was, was awesome. It taught me how to continue to learn. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's important for everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, fully.
0: I think no, no one's ever going to know it all, and if they think they no. do, they need to start over. <laughs> yeah.
1: the, the further along the process you go, the more you realize you don't know.
0: That is correct. And that's the joy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, continuing to, quote-unquote, peel that onion, right? Yeah. And um, make it interesting for yourself, but also for the people around you, because you are catering to a client base, and, you know, I think I, I scraped into restaurant stuff, and I'm a terrible waitress, but I did manage a, um, a wine shop that was also an event venue, and we had a small menu. And my greatest joy were the customers. Like, mm-hmm. it often didn't matter um, if I made a mistake that day doing something ordinary, like trying to balance the, you know, till. <laughs> I'm a writer. Let's just bring it up again. No math for Jenny, um, but I was easily um, made to forget those, those stupid mistakes just when the people started coming in for our events or if I got to talk to a customer for a long period of time time about wine. or It always brought me joy that something culinary could bring someone else joy and that I mm-hmm. could facilitate that. what's that like for
1: you guys that's funny speaking of the onion i think (laughs) when we started this journey i think the first level was like oh i'm gonna be a chef and i'm gonna be a great cook and i'm gonna manage a kitchen and all these things and we're gonna have an awesome restaurant and it's gonna have great decor and it's gonna have you know it's gonna feel good and we're gonna have good service all those things obviously are integral to the process but over time you keyed into it and we learned this slowly it was like the relationships are what that's the core. Yeah. And it's not just the customer relationships. It's the employee relationships. It's the husband-wife relationships, the children relationships, your community. Yes. I mean, it just doesn't stop.
0: No. And that's
1: why, I, I mean, I'll go back to it again. I had to be prepared to be in the mood, to be present to and be engaged balanced. Mm-hmm. with each person when they were there. Yeah. It's the
0: relationship. Yeah. Because you're always in it for the long haul. No matter the threat of, you know, we're in a risky industry. You've got to still be grounded in your mission and feeling like we're doing this for as long as we can. Well, that's another
1: thing, too. And we divide our attention in this way. Like you said, it's the long haul. I'm very good at picking a place way out there in the future. And I'm saying, everybody, we're going over here. And I just start moving in that direction. And Lisa is next there behind me, like, okay guys, let's pick up the thing. Let's clean the thing. Let's do the thing. You know, so we have a leader. Lisa's
0: like, I have a map.
1: Yeah, and we have a manager. Yeah.
0: Listen to him, but
1: really come to me. I got the
0: details for the map. (laughs) Thank you. That's wonderful. So I'm
1: macro and she's micro.
0: And so between the two of you, you've got, like, the best yin-yang, right? Oh, that big time. It's major
3: yin-yang.
0: Yeah. And, too, um, I think speaking of family and community, like, there's always these things you, if you're into reading about restaurants or restauranting or managing restaurants or being on a restaurant team, um, it's, it's a family. Mm-hmm.
1: Very much so. Yes.
0: And so in that regard, you know, you're there to hold each other up and you're also there to kind of <laughs> call each other out, call each other yeah. out and also blindly go along your own way and fully trust. Mm-hmm. Like say, I have one thing to do and I can't worry about what anyone else is doing. They've got my back.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. And so,
0: I mean, that's why you start your service before you open with a family meal. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. And um, I don't know. I, what about coming to Teton Valley and starting up with Forage kind of gave you, like the, the feel of the, the knowing, like this is what we're here to you had lived here prior to that.
1: This is good. I had, but she hadn't. Oh. So I'd love to hear
0: yeah. her perspective
1: on moving to the So this, you lived here community. and yeah. left
0: and went to the yeah. desert southwest.
1: Correct to marry her to marry with the intention of coming back here
0: perfect <laughs> which i didn't realize didn't know at first.
1: <laughs> which,
3: which
0: you tricked her into yeah. yeah and and then 2015 you're the owners of forage so yeah lisa please yeah. um i have immersed myself into this valley twice as a resident mm-hmm. um once in the early aughts and now right now like two years ago i think in both times i felt new Um, even though I had the wisdom of a former resident, I still kind of came back and was like, it's, it's, it's the same and it's different, Jen. Like just embrace the differences. Right. So you came from
3: Nevada. We were in Scottsdale, Arizona at the time. All right. Before we moved here. Okay. And so, and I had lived in Denver and grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. So, um, I'm more of a city. Sure. City girl. Right. And then, um, but I did live in Colorado and loved um, snowboarding and skiing and all that. So I knew I would like the snow. (laughs) Um, But coming here, when I first met Christian in 06, um, I was like, I don't know. That town is, there is not much happening.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, that's the year I moved here first. (laughs)
3: And yes, yes, you're
0: right. <laughs> I was like, it's just it's part of the charm. Yeah. Part of the,
3: oh no, one hundred percent. But I think it took me um, realizing how hard it was to come up with the funding because we were trying to open a restaurant in Scottsdale, right. and so, mm-hmm. and which was an exorbitant amount of money. Of and um, we, I think, going through that process, realizing how hard it was going to be financially and also having two small children at the time. Right. And, um,
1: it wasn't just the finances though. It was like the community was resistant to allowing new people to enter the, the program. Do you know what I mean? Yes, there was a, a huge barrier to entry, Yeah. which doesn't exist here. The barrier is almost like open arms. I really, I've mm-hmm. always felt that way.
3: So, in 2015, when the opportunity, it was crazy. The financing for our Scottsdale restaurant had um, reached an
1: impasse.
3: Yeah, like it. It couldn't go any further. No, and we were like, "What are we gonna do?" Yeah. The person Hondo, who um, introduced us mm-hmm. in 2007, he called like the next day and was like, "Forage is for sale," and then um, we drove up.
1: The middle of the night, in the of straight the night. through, put in an offer, drove home. Yeah. <laughs> was...
3: And then, um, anyway, it just felt like the stars aligned. We still had our house here. We were like, we, this, this is meant to, be meant to be in meant some to way. Be. Yeah. And then just having the small children and this community was huge. Yes. Um, I don't know. So coming in 2015, I was very ready and like, it just felt like the right thing. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then
0: he started to establish that restaurant family we're talking about and doing it not just at Forage, but then, you know, with a whole new endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I want to bring up the quote I wrote down for you guys from Anthony Bourdain, which is, without new ideas, success can become stale. I and Forage wasn't, didn't have lack of success. You guys were doing great, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but then suddenly... You're gonna make some beer. Exactly. <laughs> Let's build a brewery. Let's do it. Yeah. And it has to be said too that there is another brewery, two other breweries on the um, south end of the valley, and then so kind of Citizen Thirteen serves it that as that kind of a, other anchoring brewery on the in the middle. Kind of yeah, there's there.
3: five breweries. Oh, thanks for of... correcting me. Yeah, yeah. I see,
0: I just got back. I don't
3: know. Um, <laughs> no, one just opened. Oh, great. Um, Good. So I think there's. Three and Victor and then Chase nice. and Drake's. And we Plus have, High Point Cider. I was just going to say, we have a Cider House. And then Chasing Paradise Cider. Oh, we have
0: a Cider House. And I just read a news headline that said that Idaho has the most made cider in the country. Like, oh, Idaho is anchoring that trend right now. Wow. Yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So if you guys come for a visit, you know, still couldn't go to High Point Cider. You don't have to always go to Citizen 33, although yeah. I highly recommend it. High <laughs> Point Cider is delicious. Yes. And um, yeah, so you've got that endeavor going and um, you've been open for almost four years. Fort Citizen, yeah.
1: 2019. Four turbulent years. Four Pandemic years and a lot of fluctuation economically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I see you also partnering with other breweries in Idaho, um, kind of helping each other out and shouting each other out and sharing. Um, tell us about that. I love that idea for First yeah. Citizen.
1: That's awesome. Our brewer, Nick Farney. Um, is adamant about using as much Idaho product as he can. Yes. Collaborating with as many Idaho um, brewers as he can. And really, again, it's just back to the building the community. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it's the approach that we feel the most, to be off, the most authentic. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you like to keep your sourcing for fresh produce and such very close to home as well. You're sourcing oh, within man. a close radius. As much as, as possible. As much as yeah. possible,
1: especially in the summer season when it's, Popping. you know, all the farms yeah. are just yeah. producing so well. The winters are a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: Can you tell me how you get around that in the winter?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have to go further away. We have to go to California. We have to go to Mexico. We have to, you know what I mean? And have yeah. it come from further away.
0: And then also, the caveat, too, here for the audience is that we live in a place that has a pretty long winter cycle and the growing season is pretty short at yeah. 6,200 feet. And I don't know what, what hardiness zone we're in.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably like zero. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Four. <laughs> negative.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, negative two. Yeah. So, yeah, when yeah. you can get your hands on that fresh stuff, when they can finally bring it out, it's really
1: kind of gratifying, right? There is mm-hmm. the geeky sort of fall pickling and jamming and, you know, canning and that kind of stuff, but it only lasts so long and then we end up moving into drier stuff, you know, foods that have been dehydrated and dried reconstituting them and stuff. Right. It's a cycle.
0: You know, and prior to recording, we were talking a little bit um, about like the wild game stuff that you offer on your menu, which is a really special part of living in this part of the country. Yeah. Um, Having that kind of stuff at your disposal and people are kind of thoughtfully, um, you know, raising that those animals for slaughter um but the benefit is that it's just treated so nicely and um served so lovely um in in the in the space that you guys do it in do either one of you have a favorite flavor profile of wild game what's your favorite
1: yeah i mean i love duck yeah yeah i'm just a duck guy yeah i just feel like it can be done in so many angles and directions to satisfy
0: yeah
1: from braising to, you know, brining, smoking. I mean, it just, it takes on so much, so well.
0: And what would you say to someone who says, I've tried duck and I don't like it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's so odd to me.
0: <laughs> Try it again. Yeah, it was well, prepared well, yeah. And properly. Yeah. Have
1: you tried cooking it in fat, like comfy? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like the best ever. <laughs>
0: Get a handle on the logic. <laughs> no, 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 that's a great answer.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So, um a and do you hunt? Are
0: you with? Def- are you? Bird I'm not a
1: hunter. Um, I have wandered in the woods with other hunters and helped carry, um, you know, pack meat out. Sure, sure. Which is, man, all respect to you guys carrying an elk out of the mountains. That thing is heavy. I
0: will. Yes. So yeah, yeah
1: I have firm respect for it. Yeah,
0: ducks are lighter. Yeah, ducks. You could carry a bunch of them. <laughs> Sling them over Here's your shoulder. Yeah. And what about you, Lisa? Do you have any preference in the wild game territory?
3: Um, I like it all. I, like I don't know. I just like that. I what I like is learning how to make different preparations with it, and learning how I like it because I've had it so many times that I didn't care for the taste, that um, Christian and other chefs have, like, there's a way to make it delicious. There's a way. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's, like, better ground, or if it's, like, Mm -hmm. we were somewhere, and they had, um, in Napa, and...
1: Yeah, add bacon.
3: He made little bacon bites with this elk, I think. He just... That sounds good. Yeah. It was amazing, but it was like food is always like the location, what mm-hmm. you're doing, who you're with. Yeah. So anyway, I've learned over the years to enjoy game.
0: Yeah, and then, and I just I love it around here because I mean there's stuff that you never think of. And what if you know I never thought in my life that I would love a bison burger? Right. And right. I Moved here from Minnesota. In St. Louis before that, by the way, lady. Oh, hey. Hey. Go Cardinals. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, I think that you know, kind part of participating in this community, as you're talking about, you know, keeping the sourcing close and kind of understanding to what it means to the to the the citizens around you, um, to to keep your businesses open, to try and be inventive with what you're offering to the community. I mean, I do want to ask, because I wasn't here, but how was the response to the Citizen opening? I mean, um, not really necessarily based on your reputation at Forage, but just in general to have another pub. What was that like for people? What was the response?
1: Yeah, I feel like the response was positive and has continued to be positive. It occupies a different space in the market. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it has different employees with different attitudes and different personalities. And it has different customers with similar attitudes and personalities. It's, mm-hmm. it's like just market segmentation on, mm-hmm. in a business perspective, but community segmentation too. I mean, we all enjoy this place, but there are different things about this place that we enjoy. Yeah. And so we're just trying to connect with more of those people. Yeah, <laughs> you know definitely. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I
0: like to say, I, I think all walks of life come into Citizen. Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah. it's right? so much yeah.
1: more inclusive than Forage. Forage Absolutely. is a little bit more
0: Nishi. pointed.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is fine, too. No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> we
1: occupy both spaces yeah. because our creative minds occupy both spaces. Right. So that's why it exists. Right. Yeah.
0: And, I, and I have to go into this, too, now, finally, um, as you were children, were you permitted into the kitchen? Were pots and pans and banging on them and making messes a part of both of your bringing up?
1: One hundred percent.
3: Totally. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. And so you had parents that weren't like, hey, get out of here.
1: No, no. No.
3: It was like, My here's was the like, dinner yeah, menu. Same. You need to make it by five o'clock.
1: I get home. Don't from burn work it. At five. <laughs> I want dinner on the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
3: I think we both had working yeah, parents working that parents. taught their kids how to cook. Yeah. And then this is funny. My we were going to Disney World, and my mom's like, You need to make money to have if you want to spend it, like babysitting or doing sure. whatever. Yeah, I don't know how this happened, but I sold pound cakes <laughs> to a bunch of neighbors and friends.
1: No, 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 uh, yeah? you
3: want to buy a pound cake? Oh my god, yeah. Lisa. So I ended up making like a hundred dollars, <laughs> and at that time, I was rich. And um, She's a cottage industry, yeah, in but it was just funny <laughs> to. Look back and see that I started baking at such a you know, yeah, energy. and
0: kind of be entrepreneurial. About, yeah, look well, at Disney World in your sights. You know? Yeah, dangle a carrot. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great, and um, and again, Christian's mom was a baker, really, yeah, uh, heavily, yeah. And then you ended up learning from her, and you know that's a really great way to also to get to know someone.
1: Yeah, maybe to be oh, yeah. in their kitchen.
0: Oh, for sure. You know the organization is there, and you want someone to be open about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, she raised a culinary artist, so <laughs> yeah, she was open to also open. You know, yeah, opening yeah, up yeah. your your kind of box of tricks in that yeah. way. That's so great, and so you keep playing and you know realizing different skills that you didn't know you had before. Um, and what about your own children? Are oh my they gosh. I I can only imagine, right? Like I have this I've never experienced this. I really need to like embed myself in your house up for at least a weekend. <laughs> just to see <laughs> what what's, what they're up to. Yeah,
1: I can't stop thinking about when they were like three and five when we first moved here and took over forage and they'd walk you know, they'd be with us at the restaurant and walk into the dining room mid-service, and it was just I mean, they, they literally grew up in the restaurant. Yeah. And I can't tell if that's going like to be a we good Like we were thing. changing
3: diapers. Yeah,
1: in the basement.
3: While yeah. Yeah. trying to run the restaurant <laughs> upstairs. I was Certainly, like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> this right. is a little crazy. Sure. Yeah. But the kids, they helped prep and yeah. wash dishes. And did all
1: the things. And they call the staff their friends, you know what I mean? And yeah. It helps socialize them in a mature way eventually, even though there's a lot of immaturity that exists in restaurants.
0: <laughs> what did Bourdain call it? He called it the, the pirate's camaraderie. Yeah,
1: yeah, hopefully. It's like you know? a ship on fire. <laughs> <laughs> fire we're not going
0: team. down yet, but we're yeah. out of fire extinguishers yeah, right now. <laughs> Wow, yeah, Yeah. that is a part of, I think, um, being such a fan of Anthony Bourdain, I am very keyed into, uh, and having known so many people in the restaurant industry, that it is a rogues, I almost said rogues gallery, that's a different thing in the restaurant industry, but it is a rogues game. Yeah,
1: we call it an alternative lifestyle. uh, Very much (laughs) so.
0: So so many ways that people can trip into what they're doing um, associated with food. And again, Lisa brings up, you know, the front of the house is just as important as the back. Yeah, and um, you More know so. personalities come in all different forms with the, so many layers of how a restaurant operates. Yeah, um, and so you're better at the front of the house now because you actually changed how you approach food.
1: Well, also too, being forced to cook in an open kitchen, mm. it kind of turns you into a front of the house employee if you want to want to be one. Right. But, yeah, um, it's nice, though, to be able to see the connection between the human and the food yeah. as it's entering the table, as it's entering their mouth. You get the – when you get the first bite and the nod, you're like, yes, nailed it. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah, and there's your connection right
0: there.
1: Yeah. Birthdays, holidays, you know what I mean? I, you just – there's so much going on emotionally mm-hmm. that people I don't even think realize. Um, it puts food on the level of, of – um, What's the word? Um, like fetish. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really high in the emotional like trigger points. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to witness.
0: It yeah. is. And, and then there's so many um, aspects to that very personalized experience. Um, I've had meals ruined by the people I yeah. sat next to. Yeah, 100%. And the food was amazing. But the company mm-hmm. was trash. And like, yeah. you know, um, I think that tripping into a culinary experience as an immersive experience and accepting everything around you as it's happening, it, it's, it keeps you present. And the art on the plate is temporary, and let's, you know, indulge ourselves. And in the other part of that, which is flavor, mm-hmm. no other art brings that to the to the table. Jen, with your puns, come on. But it's the truth. Like, an artist um, can spend hours on a canvas, and no one's ever going to taste the art, right. you know? And, and so what can you... Talk to me about the temporary art of the uh-huh. culinary practice. It's such
1: a good topic. We Yes. Talk about this a lot. It's yeah. so impermanent. The beauty
0: on the yeah. plate and the moment when you can sigh and say to yourself, I'm about to immerse myself in this, but oftentimes we don't even want to disturb it, right? It's so pretty. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah it, it does trigger, though, that pursuit for the creativity. Yeah, because yeah. Because you can really accomplish an amazing dish. Perfectly balanced, all these flavors, visually beautiful, stunning, blah, blah, blah. And then it's gone. It disappears. And there's a memory of it. Yes. Maybe a memory of the flavor or the smell or the visual but mm-hmm. or the company. And it's gone.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: in order to continue to, you know, um, show up every day, it's like setting up a circus in the town every single day. And you have no idea who's going to perform, who's going to show up to watch. And you get the opportunity to keep continually test new ideas, test new things. You know what I mean? The growth is, I mean, in order to stay engaged, it's like you have to continue to teach yourself how to learn,
0: How to grow. Yeah.
1: Continue to connect.
0: What's a favorite part
3: of opening Citizen 33 that you loved as far as learning?
1: That was a good one, yeah. That was
3: fun. I think what was fun about that is that when we took over Forage, it was pretty much like we bought it turnkey. Gotcha. So Everything was in place. Everything was in place. We just like went in and enrolled with that, how it was. And then added our little touches sure. over the years. Yeah, yeah. And then Citizen, like we bought the building. It was from scratch. It yes. was from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot of learning curve. And brewing beer, that is not beer. something that we knew anything about. Right. Granted, Nick, um, our brewer, knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he like, guided us. But I mean, just that whole part of that restaurant is a new undertake like a learning curve. Yeah. All the time. I'm sure you're still learning. I was just gonna say. All, oh, yeah. totally. Like now we're just starting to get the beer like in Idaho Falls and, oh, and cool. other locations, which is really cool. But it's been four or five years, it's like baby steps. Yeah. So yeah. at least for us, we're not we yeah. just have to do everything in a t- certain right process.
1: We built a complete brew line and then already exceeded capacity in the first year and had to build a bigger brew line. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, these are things you don't know until you know that you don't know them. Right. That kind of stuff. There's a lot of learning. It's just yeah. Yeah.
3: And then just the building of the, like the restaurant. Yeah. That 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 was the whole thing.
1: Yeah, construction. Construction. (laughs) Timelines. Budgets.
3: Yeah.
0: Budgets. (laughs) Real
1: adult stuff. Budgets.
0: That's the best stuff ever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I mean you're really um I think the the full on like lifestyle of like keeping play in your life, staying inspired by embracing change.
1: Yeah. Which is really mm-hmm. important
0: to the human spirit. Yeah. I think that um people forget we're supposed to evolve and right. that's more than just your spinal cord, you know, like we're upright, we're thinking, we've got we've got potential. What are we gonna do about it? Yeah. And to not understand that you have that potential until the day you leave this planet, you're losing out, you know, like, what more can you do? And it's not really just about, like, what more can I learn outside what I already know? What more can I learn about what I already know? Like, there's more layers sure. to what I already know. Yeah. There's depths of that that you still haven't explored, Yeah. you know? And so, I don't know. Are you guys going to... With that beer in some cans. What's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> Let's on. start a
3: rumor. It's
1: on the trajectory. For sure. All
3: right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Fantastic. And so I want to
3: ask the ages of your kids, too. Oh, um, our daughter's 13, Maddie, and then mm-hmm. Ollie is um, 11. Mm-hmm. And are either one of them considering a culinary career? They talk, They both talk about it.
1: Yeah.
3: Ollie, <laughs> Ollie's like, I'm going to go to dad school. Is yeah.
1: that when asked if he's going to go to college, he's like, "No, I'll just go to learn how to cook from dad, kind of thing." I think it might just be lip service, personally, but we'll see.
3: And we'll then see. Maddie, she <laughs> wants she often says she wants to go to culinary school and travel abroad, like go so like to Europe and learn to cook over there, right? Um, that's and I'm then not. we always tease her that she's going to be the CEO of.
1: The restaurant. Yeah, she'll be the one that walks through the dining room and is like, "Look at this. Why isn't this bust? <laughs> Why aren't these tables pushed together? Like constantly, it's crazy." Right. But I'm in no rush to um, encourage my children to enter this line of this line of work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they help. find it, that's great. It is kind of. Good or if trip. it finds them. Yeah. Right. I
3: don't want to push it too much, but they might be doing some dishes. <laughs>
0: But you can't avoid dishes, and you can't avoid knife skills.
1: Boy, no, you cannot.
0: And uh, those are just the things that have to be kind of built into you to be brave about. Um, I can't even imagine dinner service dishes at Forage or, or either one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it overwhelms me to think about how hard they work. <laughs> they work so hard, you guys. I
3: know. We do a lot of dishes in our world.
0: Yes. Yeah, we do. All the time. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, I mean, continuing forward, you're like here in in Teton Valley, and there's a broader Rocky Mountain West out there. You know, people consider chains. Um, we've got our own kind of local pizza, um, kind of boutique pizza place that is opening in Bozeman and Big Sky. I mean, that guy is is pretty ambitious about it. Do you want to keep it close, or would you consider another town in the West, somewhere like Bozeman, to have another place? Or Tetonia looks pretty good. Tetonia. <laughs> we like to keep it tight.
1: I'm Teton Valley, baby. I like it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I like it. Yeah. For now,
1: I've got my hands full. Of oh man, just we just started another
0: river. Beer in the cans, <laughs> food in the Tetonia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Advance Pretend is a podcast produced by Nine Stories Creative Podcast Studios, created by Jen Ryan, executive produced and edited by Matt Jackson. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.